0: Matthew 24, let's begin reading with verse 3. Matthew 24, how many brought your Bibles? Thank you for bringing your Bibles. It's the Word of God. It's the shield of faith. It's the shield of faith. It's the sword of the Spirit. Can't do battle without the Word. Got to have a shield and got to have a sword. It's the bread of life. (laughs) ha. So uh, when when we come to church, we should learn from this wonderful book. Matthew chapter 24, verse 3, talking about Jesus. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Verse 4. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, For many, everybody say many, will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Everybody say many. The last two Sundays we've been teaching on the signs from Matthew chapter 24, pointing to the return of Jesus. The return of Jesus and the end of the age are topics we hear about today more than we've heard in 40 years. We hear about it all the time. You, Hollywood talks about it. Hollywood talks about the end of the age. You're hearing more about the return of Jesus and the end of the age? Authors are writing books about it. Fiction writers are writing about the end of time. Movies are coming on about the end of time and the end of the age. Why has it got on our radar? Why all of a sudden now are we hearing more about it than ever before? There's two reasons. Two reasons. Number one, it's the natural cause and effect. It's just natural. People around the globe are starting to recognize an unusual unrest that is occurring in the universe and in the environment. The environment's acting up. There's unrest all over the globe. Nations after nation after nation. you mentioned any nation... And civilized nations that at one time were full of peace and prosperity now are in division and divisiveness and, and, and skirmishes and all types of commotions are taking place. Political he- upheaval. Political heave- upheaval worldwide. Not only in America, you know the divisiveness and the tension that's here in America. And America's been the land of the free and the home of the brave. When the rest of the world was going crazy, America was that standard barrier of hope and democracy. And what are we seeing in our nation today? We're seeing political upheaval. Look what's happening in Greece. Look what's happening in Venezuela. Look what's happening in Europe today. Thousands upon thousands are marching. Civil unrest, political upheaval worldwide. Unrelenting wars and destruction without anything ever being solved. We understand a war and there's an enemy and you fight and somebody wins and somebody loses. But now we're seeing wars where it just continues on and on and on and on. And nothing is ever solved. Social division among ethnicities. Whole people groups are being run out of countries migrating to other countries and the unrest that is taking place. And on top of this, the moral corruption and decay That is invading our society. These events, just in the natural, you don't have to be a spiritual person at all to look around and say, something's going on. People are scared. They're frightened. They recognize things are bad and things cannot continue the way they are going. And we cannot continue down this path. That's the first thing. But the second thing is the spiritual. First is the natural cause and effect. And the second thing is the spiritual. The Spirit of God is waking His church to the reality of the times and the seasons. Yeah, you can look and see, man, this is bad. It's getting bad out there. What are we, we going to do? You know something's up. But then in the spiritual realm, God is starting to stir His people and say, you need to get ready. Something's getting ready to take place. In the days to come, we will hear more preaching about the return of Jesus and every, there's, any other time in our lifetime. In the days to come. You're going to hear it. Dr. David Jeremiah just came out with a national bestseller that's been flying off the shelves on the return of Jesus Christ. Other authors are starting to ride on it again. In the days to come, you'll be hearing more preaching about the return of Jesus. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is quickening the messengers of God to get the bride of Christ ready for the Lord's return. The Bible says He'll not do anything without letting His prophets know what He's getting ready to do. And 2,000 years ago, the disciples asked Jesus, what is the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? The disciples wanted to know about a sign. They didn't ask him the date, they asked for a sign. Now that word sign, S-I-G-N, not S-I-N-G, S-I-G-N. I I went to Columbia, Riverside. If you get three of the four letters right, you got an A. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. S-I-G-N. The word sign there is not some obscure riddle of the Greek language. It just literally means a sign on a post that points travelers in a direction to reach their chosen destination. In other words, the disciples just said, Jesus, give us a sign. How do we know we're getting close? What will the signs look like? If I was... A visitor here this morning, and I asked any of you, how do I get out of here and go to Nashville today? You'd say, well, you leave the parking lot, take a right. You stay on that road till it runs into the interstate. You'll see the sign. It says 24 to Nashville. You follow the signs to Nashville, and you'll get to Nashville. If I didn't have a GPS in my car or on my phone, How many remember the days when you didn't have a GPS on your car or on your phone? How many remember these two words? Ran McNally. Anybody remember that? Well, if you didn't have a Ran McNally, they're hard to find. And you didn't have a GPS on your phone or in your car, and you said, how do I get to Nashville? Somebody would just tell you, and they would eventually say, just follow the signs. Just follow the signs. If you follow the signs, you will get to Nashville. Likewise, the disciples asked Jesus 2,000 years ago, what are the signs? And Jesus told them the signs. He told them the signs to look for. Now, He didn't tell them to scare them or create anxiety in their life. He wanted them armed with knowledge. God wants us armed with knowledge. This is why I'm teaching this. I want you armed with knowledge so that you can protect you and your family from the destructive trends that will be associated... With the closing days of this age and that are starting to occur. The terrorist things that are going on. The active shooter things that are taking place. Who would have ever thought we'd had to have a police officer at a church? Who would have ever thought you'd have to have police at your children's elementary school? Who would have ever thought those things? You know what that is? The Bible's t- The Bible called it 2,000 years ago. Jesus said it was going to happen 2,000 years ago. It's a sign. It's a sign that Jesus is getting ready to return. The end time clock is ticking, and the Bible tells us that things will become unsettled in the days we get closer to the coming of Jesus. But we're more than any match. We don't have to live scared. Recently, somebody said, well, thank you for... Thank you for uh, having a police officer at the church. We got where we just didn't even want to get out of our house. We're scared to get out of our house. We're scared to go anywhere. We don't know what's going to happen. Understand that fear that tries to grip our hearts. That's what Satan wants. These are signs of the times that Jesus said is going to happen. And let me tell you something. In this time, Satan wants you shrieking back in fear, but God wants you going out in courage and boldness. Look what he says. Look what Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. Paul said this, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. Know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. In the last days. When, Paul? The last days. The days in which we're living. What's going to happen? Perilous times. What's that word perilous means? Hard to bear. Difficult. Difficult times to come. Well, Pastor, man, difficult. Man, this same kind of message I came on Sunday morning to hear. I don't want to hear this. Pastor, I don't want to hear this. The same writer It said difficult times to bear are coming, he also wrote Romans chapter 8, verse 37. Romans chapter 8, verse 37 says, Yea, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Everybody say conquerors. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. That should be a foundational verse of every one of us in these days in which we're living. That phrase more than conquerors is a compound Greek word and it comes from the comes from the word the word more than the phrase more than comes from the word Hooper. Hooper. We got we got a, a family that their names are Hoopers H O O P E R and one and their son who is a faithful member of our church and works with our 6.8 we just call him Hoop. Hoop. Hooper. H-O-O-P-E-R. Well, this Greek word is H-U-P-E-R. Hooper, which means over, above, and beyond. And when I told him that this morning, he said, Well, that's me. I'm over, above, and beyond. I'm, I'm I'm, I'm an overachiever. I said, Yeah, you are. You are. And then I kicked him in the hind end when he walked on. I said, Get back in humility there, son. Get back in humility. This word, more than a conqueror, carries the idea of superiority. It's talking about you. It's talking about me and you, the children of God, in the midst of perilous times. It's talking about our identity and our ability in difficult times. It's talking about what we can accomplish for Christ and how we can live when the world is in chaos. And this is what it says. You are more than superior You're something that's first-rate, first-class, top-notch, greater, higher, better, superior to, unsurpassed, unequaled, and unrivaled by any person. As a child of God, we do not shriek back in fear, because we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Jesus warned, as the present age comes to a close, that an end-time deception would attempt to infiltrate every part of society. Look at Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24, verses 3 and 4. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when will be this, these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming? What's the signpost? What can we see that lets us know you're getting close to coming? And what's the sign of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said, Take heed that no one deceives you. The first sign is spiritual deception. For many, everybody say many. Many. Will come in my name saying I am the Christ and will deceive how many? Many. The word deceive means to wander off course. He's literally talking about walking away from a moral position that we once held to be true. Do you not see the signs in the United States? And in the world, 10 years ago, there are things that are ex- today, there are things acceptable on TV, and people come out in favor of that 10 years ago, we wouldn't even speak about in a public setting. The moral decay that is happening in our nation is happening at a pace like a tsunami rushing in. People that you know that at one time had a strong, moral, biblical foundation are now you're watching them fall away and be caught up in this, this, this spirit of immorality that is taking over our nation and is creeping into the church. The first and primary sign that Jesus said to be looking for is a deception so strong that a moral confusion engulfs society with misinformation about what is morally right and morally wrong. Last week I taught you what Isaiah said. Isaiah chapter 5, verse number 20. He said this, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Isaiah warned that what once was viewed as morally wrong would be acceptable and even celebrated one day, and now we're seeing it take place. What was once upheld as a moral standard is now a symbol of injustice, and people who believe in that moral standard are now branded intolerant. Intolerant. It's a sign of the time. And we need to wake up. It's time to wake up. The Lord is telling us. He's showing us these things. So we'll not be caught up in this deception. Now notice what else he says. Matthew 24, verse 4 and 5. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am Christ and will deceive many. The word many there that he uses twice is the same word and it refers to large multitudes. Listen to what he's saying. Large multitudes. Multitudes in the last days are going to be deceived. Large multitudes, listen to what he's saying. This is what scares me. This is what bothers me. Scared is not a good word. This is what bothers me. Many ministers will arise in the last days and will deceive and lead away many. It's a sign. Jesus says that in the days preceding His return, large multitudes will be led in the spiritual era on many different levels. Notice what He says. Many, Matthew 24, Matthew 24, verse 5, For many will come in My name. They will come in My name. Jesus is referring, He's saying they will come in the strength, and the reputation of my name. For years, we thought that meant somebody's going to rise up and say, I'm Jesus, I'm Messiah, I'm the Christ. And over the years, we've seen some of those loonies rise up and say they were the Christ. And we just discarded them. But if you read the whole Scripture, it says they will come in my name. They will come in my reputation. They will come using me. Not saying they are me, but they'll come with my reputation. What he's talking about is a whole host of ministers in the last days who are going to get away from the Bible and start teaching things that are not biblically based. Listen, everything on Christian TV is not Christian. Everything on Christian TV is not Christian. You say, how do you know the truth? How do you know the difference? You know the difference by knowing your Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing your Bible. I, uh, I was inviting somebody to church recently. It was a couple months ago. I was out and they said, uh, I, was, I was at a, a coffee shop, by the way, and, and they introduced themselves and, and I introduced myself. And they said, we've seen you before. I said, yeah, uh, where are we seeing you? our pastor, oh, yeah, we came there one time. And I said, really? Yeah, well, thanks for coming. Did you enjoy it? Well, yeah, yeah, it was all right. I said, well, w- w- can you tell me what you didn't enjoy? Well, I remember you preaching, and you just read too many verses for us. <laughs> I said, really? I read too many verses. They said, yeah, I wanted to say a lot of things. You know, you're supposed to speak that which is good to the use of edifying so that it may minister grace to the hearer. So I said, I apologize. I said, I'm sorry for reading so many Bible verses in church. I, 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 I'm sorry I did that. And they said, well, don't take it wrong. We liked you and everything, but, you know, it's just too much too much of that. We, we, it's too much of that Bible stuff. And I'm thinking, this is the spirit of the age. Give me a little leadership teaching. Give me a little self-motivation. Give me a little psychological understanding of my situation. Make me feel good about where I'm at and my plight in life. But don't bring up this Bible stuff and don't make me accountable to somebody in the Bible or the Word of God. And the Bible says that is the spirit of the age that's going to deceive many. It's going to deceive many. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit speaks expressly. The Spirit, that's a large S, talking about the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul wrote this. He's talking to young Timothy. He says, now the Holy Spirit expressly says, that phrase expressly says, you can take it to the bank, you can count on it. This is exactly what's going to happen. That in the latter times, latter times, latter times, latter times, some, not all, will depart from the faith. Now, you can't depart from something unless you're at something. Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of devils. Unsettling studies are revealing that the church in America and around the world is growing increasingly Bible illiterate. Our children now don't even know the the Bible story. They don't know Noah and the ark. They don't know Daniel and the lion's den. They, they don't know the feeding of the 5,000. Our children don't know these things. And the reason why is because we've demanded church entertain them instead of making disciples of them. And it's, it's boring to teach. Somebody said to me, We don't want to go to church that teaches doctrine. Doctrine, the word doctrine literally means teachings. Teachings. And it's the teaching of the Word of God that sets us apart from this world. It's the teaching of the Word of God that gives us the ammunition to overcome evil that's in this world. Our children need teaching of the Word of God. They get entertained by SpongeBob. They need the church to teach them the Word of God. See? See? And these last days... These last days, these last days, these last days, there's a spirit of deception that's creepy. Nobody means to. We don't intentionally mean to be caught up. That's why it's a spirit of deception. It leads you away when you don't even realize it. And it's a sign of the last days. Turn back to Matthew 24. Let's close this thing down. Matthew chapter 24. This is not on the screen. I'm going, to get off, I'm going to get off camera here. I mean, off the queue here for a second. Matthew 24, verse 5. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and thou deceive many. I'm reading from the King James. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. The first sign, the first major sign is a spiritual deception, a moral decay. And Christians getting caught up in it. Christians doing things, acting in ways that they know years ago was morally wrong, and now they just do it. And don't you say anything about it. If you do, you're a hater. See? You're a hater. You get branded as a hater and intolerant. So that's the first deception. The second thing that's going to happen, verse 6, and we're going to go through all these over the next several weeks. The second, you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Now you got to understand, this was written to the disciples who lived under Roman domination. The Roman Empire was the greatest military fighting force in all the world at that time. They had literally conquered nation after nation after nation. They understood war. People back then understood war. People throughout generation after generation have understood war. So you say, well, there's always been war. What's the big deal? That's no big deal. It's that other thing he said. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. That word rumors there means earful. Earful. The word rumor means to have an earful. Understand, when this was written to the disciples, there wasn't no internet. There wasn't no cable TV. There wasn't no, there wasn't no, there wasn't no. There wasn't no. That's a double negative, isn't it? That's terrible. I went to Riverside. There wasn't any cable TV no social media. All they had was what they were living in and maybe what somebody had come from another community told them they were living in. When they heard of rumors of war, having an ear full of war, understand they didn't understand what that meant. All All they lived with was what they were living in at that moment. But our children now do not get up any day without turning on the TV, turning on their computers turning on their phones and their minds are consumed with battle, skirmish, war difficulty. They're getting earful of it. Never in the history of mankind has this verse at this level ever played out like it's playing out now. It's a sign. The sign of the last days is that you're going to hear about wars, but all your children and grandchildren they're going to be inundated with wars and are rumors of it, earful of it they're seeing it all day long and that's a sign of the last days now turn real quickly to Luke chapter 21 I'll close with this one Luke chapter 21 Luke chapter 21 verse number 7 Luke's telling about this event too and they asked him, saying, Master, when shall these things be, and what will be? What, what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? Verse 8, and he said, Take heed that you be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. Verse 9, but when ye shall hear of wars... Now notice this phrase. He uses the word commotions. Be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. The word commotions there comes from the original language which we get our word, terror. Terror. Terrorist. They understood it a little bit, but they didn't. They were still under the world's battle array of Armies line up against armies and they just fight it out. They had no real understanding of what a terrorist does. So when the Lord Jesus says there's coming a time when there's going to be wars and your children and grandchildren, that's all they're going to hear about. They're going to get an earful of it, rumors of it everywhere. And then he said, there's going to be a time of terrorist." Who had ever thought? That in the United States of America, somebody would go into an elementary school and shoot innocent children? Who had ever thought somebody would go into a concert and rent a hotel room and open up m- machine guns on innocent people? Who had ever thought that? Who had ever thought somebody would go into a mall And start shooting people. He says, it's a sign of the last days. He says, and when these things start to happen, Christians wake up. Wake up. It's a sign. It's not just an outbreak of mental illness. This is a sign. When all these things start to happen all at the same time, it's a sign of the last days. And then he says, but don't be troubled. Don't be troubled. Recently, I got, a, I got an email from a, 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 a lady who said, I just want to thank you. We came to church and I just want to thank you. And I, I, just, I just, you know, knew she was getting ready to finish the sentence. Your preaching is probably the best I've ever heard. I just want to thank you. Your preaching is dynamic. But she didn't say that. I, and then I thought, well, maybe she like Pastor Wayne and Jenna and she's probably going to compliment our worship. But she didn't say that. And I thought, well, maybe the greeters were friendly to us. They are always great. Or, or maybe she loved our parking lot attendants because they're wonderful. They're tremendous. Maybe that's what she's thanking me for. Or, or the children's ministry. We always get compliments on our children's ministry. And, and maybe that's it. And she didn't say that. As I, I just want to thank you for having the police officer at church. For having the police officer at church. I just want to thank you for having the police officer church, and I thought, Officer Harry, I know he's not much to look at, but Ben, you know, he's a pretty nice guy. But you're writing me to thank me. She says, "We've been scared to go to church because of all the active shooters," and she reminded me in the email. Remember, Pastor Turner, just right up the road, a few miles, is where that shooter killed some people. And we've been scared to go to church, and somebody told us that you had a policeman on guard at your church, and we felt comfortable, safe. Thank you. Can you ever remember a day that you'd have thought in the United States of America that people would be scared to go to church? But we've entered that day. Why? Because it's a sign of the time. Sign of the time. But be not afraid. He said, be not troubled. I don't know. I'd be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. Tonight, Amanda and I, we leave here. We leave church here in just a few moments. And we're getting on a plane. We're going to Washington, D.C. We've been invited to meet the vice president on Tuesday at the White House. So we're going to the White House on Tuesday and, and to meet with the administration on faith based things. And uh, so, last night I was—we were packing up a little bit, and I—I I, I started to turn the TV off. And you know how you do the—you you get the little man, get the little remote, and you go through the channels. <laughs> and I went through the channel. I wasn't paying no attention. I was half asleep. But one channel, as I went through, I remember. And the program was on. It said, "Stay tuned for more." air disasters (laughs) I can't remember the score of the ball games I can't remember but all night long I tossed and turned trying to get out of that airplane that was heading down nose down you know how fear will get you. You see about these active shooters. You see about these terrorist things that are going on. You see all of this stuff. And you have to fight to keep peace of mind. Absolutely. The Bible says, be not troubled. What's it saying? Philippians 4, 7. Let the peace of God guard. Guard your heart and mind during these difficult days. That word guard there, it, it's talking about in the in those days... A city had gates, and at the gates stood guards. And the guards would look and see who's coming through the gates. And if they didn't like the person that was coming through the gate, or felt the person coming through the gate was a danger to the community, they would stop. The guards would block the gate and not let people through. Well, that's what the Bible says. When you hear wars and rumors of wars, when fear tries to grab your mind, when terrorism and the thoughts of terrorism and danger come in at you, you've got to put the guard up. You've got to let the peace of God guard your heart and mind, or it'll drive you to your corner, and you'll never get out of your house, or you'll never accomplish what God wants you to do. But you've got to remember, we are more than conquerors. We are first-rate, over no unrivaled. We're unrivaled. We're a walloping force for Jesus Christ. The end is coming. The signs are appearing. Not to scare us. Not to stop us. But to prepare us. To forewarn us. So we can get our families ready. So we can get our friends ready. And so we can get ourselves ready for the trends that we're going to see materializing in the days to come.